There is no substitute, no close second, not a competitor in sight. In the entire universe, its equal is not to be found. Nobody's even measuring. Jesus calls it born again, and so appropriately so. Here one is born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again is the greatest gift a son or daughter of Adam can receive and the greatest miracle they can know. It's exceedingly far greater than healing the sick or raising the dead or arguably the creation of the universe itself. For those who have entered this sacred place, the beauty of born again grows in magnitude and majesty each and every day. Hallelujah. It's so, so big. This next statement might sound sacrilegious, but it is not, and it is true. Everybody Jesus healed died. Everybody Jesus raised from the dead died. However, everybody Jesus saves lives forever. Don't suppose that I am shortchanging the miraculous. We have been sent to preach the gospel and heal the sick. Healing is a major weapon against the curse of sin and death and a glorious separator between those who believe and those who do not. Surely many souls are saved as a result of the signs and wonders of the faith. Now consider the end of the heavens and the earth, which, keep in mind, are just over 6,000 years old, which is described in Second Peter three ten through 12 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now imagine, the born again are one with the Father through Christ Jesus for all eternity, and eternity never ends. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 24. For you and me, there is nothing more marvelous than born again. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? Will today be the day you participate in the marvels of salvation? Follow me in a simple prompt. And today, all of your sins and sin shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Follow me in a simple prompt. And today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken today. You will become a new creature, all new. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Revelation twelve seven through 17, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth and the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. God said, John seven thirty eight and 39, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Man said, The first man and the first woman were dim-witted, grunting gatherers. They couldn't talk, they couldn't write, they couldn't count. They were just dumb hunter-gatherers. Didn't you see the pictures? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,107 that will once again certify the perfect supernatural inerrancy of your majority text Holy Bible. All of these features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. This is week three, the final feature in the God Said, Man Said series titled, Don't Drink the Water. Foundational information will be repeated in this final feature. Do not skip ahead. The repetition is really important. The three sciences we will notate have coaxed the earth into opening its mouth and what it has revealed has swallowed Satan's flood of dragon water, his flood of words. God said, man said, don't drink the water, part two, the earth has opened its mouth. Excerpts follow. Everything is literally made out of invisible words. God, the creator who spoke all things into existence with his words, is identified as the word in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus Christ is named in Revelation 19, verse 13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. God said, man said, has spent a considerable amount of time establishing by highly credible third-party sources the mysteries of the all-encompassing Word. 
the scientific community stood slack-jawed when they initially discovered that our DNA accomplishes all its life-building marvels using a four-letter alphabet that arranges the instructions to life in words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters, and books. Some have even dubbed it the Book of Life. For some time now, various scientific disciplines have been arriving at their own understanding of Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Satan is fully aware of the mystery of words. From the outset, he demonstrates his word skills. The first words he speaks to our grandmother Eve are recorded in Genesis 3, verse 1. Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? With the addition of one word, hath, and a question mark, Satan brought about the downfall of man. Remove that added word and the question mark, and Satan would have simply stated, Yea, God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Of course, this would have been an accurate statement. However, in an act of unbelief and disobedience, Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, and Adam followed. A small sample of the results of Satan's victory includes armies, police departments, hospitals, and graveyards. Satan is a wordsmith. Satan's M.O., his driving mission, is to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10.10. In order to fulfill this mission, Satan is fully aware that he must control the world's dialogue. He certainly knows all things are literally just words. His wordsmiths dominate in universities and textbooks, in Hollywood and online, in the mainstream media and in progressive governance. There is a virtual flood of words of unbelief and disobedience spewing out of their collective mouths at any given time. But unfortunately for them, the earth has opened its mouth. The devil's gatekeepers have successfully censored the word of God from the public forum in a big way. But unfortunately, God's earth has opened its mouth. Keep in mind the God said, man said principle of the 180, the opposites. A circle has 360 degrees. At the 180-degree mark, you are at exact opposites. God is light. Satan is darkness. God is love. Satan is hate. God is life. Satan is death. The opposites, like measures, but at opposite positions. Now keep an eye on the two waters. Jesus told the believers that they would be baptized in the Holy Ghost after his departure from the earth, pointing to the day of Pentecost. John chapter 7, 38 and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Out of the mouth of the redeemed proceeded rivers of living water. Even in the Holy Ghost inspired words they spoke. In the initial manifestation on the day of Pentecost, the disciples spoke in the unknown tongues of the Holy Ghost, and the apostle Peter preached the Holy Ghost gospel. The floods of living water began. Their words, the words of the born again, are rivers of living water. They are the words of life, even eternal life. Remember the 180 principle and contrast Holy Ghost water with Satan's dragon water, Revelations 12:15. 
And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Satan's words are death and eternal damnation. The god of today's academics is evolution, which in their darkened minds has replaced the god of creation, the god of the Bible. According to evolution, instead of God the Creator, there was a big bang out of virtually nothing. From this nothing and the chaos of this explosion popped up all the marvels of the earth, all of its wondrous life forms, and its dazzling universe. According to evolution, instead of man being God's crowning achievement where we were created in his image and likeness, Genesis 1.26, humanity evolved from a mysterious warm puddle of goo as a single-celled slime creature. That slime creature took millions and millions of years to evolve into what you see today, monkey the man. And according to the great wise ones, our first cousin is a mushroom. That really satisfies the inquiring mind, don't you think? You would naturally think not so good. But from kindergarten to university, the theory is hammered in. You'll find it in textbooks, see it parroted in Hollywood, hear it trumpeted by mainstream media. Pseudoscience and progressive politics alike shout with one voice, Wow, isn't that fantastic? Beware, don't drink the dragon water. This is the third in a three-part series on dragon water. Are you interested in literal? Watch as this short series demonstrates the earth opening its mouth and swallowing the dragon water, and I mean literally. These features will focus on the discoveries of archaeology, paleontology, and geology as they open the earth's mouth to reveal its mysteries as it swallows the dragon's water of words gulp after Holy Ghost gulp. It was Darwin's premise that when the sciences such as archaeology, paleontology, and geology would unearth more and more scientific finds, those finds would fully confirm the undeniable truth of evolution and reduce the God of the Bible to irrelevance. It's been over 170 years since Darwin popularized the theory of evolution. In that time, archaeology, paleontology, and geology have watched the earth open its mouth and spit out untold millions of fossils and sundry other discoveries, yet not one uncontested missing link proving Darwin's theory has been among them. What has been repeatedly found, however, is one proof after another that certifies the perfect supernatural inerrancy of God in his beautiful book, the majority text, Holy Bible. The earth truly has opened its mouth. This is feature three in the Dragon Water series, and we'll focus on geology. Don't you just love it? It's all true. Every jot and every tittle in God's beautiful book. This is the solid rock and the place to build a life that will last forever. The critics must criticize. That's what critics do. God, on the other hand, must be God. I am that I am, because that's just who he is. And all his words are true and righteous altogether. And yes, especially the miracles. The Bible is not some archaic book. Oh, no. It is fully relevant to today and has absolutely never been controverted by pseudoscience's latest and greatest discovery. Do remember, of course, that the latest and greatest discovery will be debunked by whatever shiny new things distract tomorrow. 
God's Word, on the other hand, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And His name is the Word of God. Revelation 19, 13. Hallelujah, saints. The Word of God is true, true, all true. Your life is showered with promise, especially in the hard spots. And your end is eternal, magnificent, glorious life in Christ Jesus. This is big, so, so big. Revelation twelve sixteen, And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. The woman referred to in this passage is the bride of Christ. The dragon's water is words. The earth opens its mouth, and what it reveals swallows the dragon's water. The scriptures date the earth using genealogical dating and various other historic markers recorded in God's Word. We can date Noah's flood at 1,656 years from the day Adam opened his eyes. We can go on from there with precision, precision excuse me, to the birth of Jesus Christ and, of course, on to today. This website contains multiple features dealing with the age of the earth. Evolutionists, on the other hand, base their positions on shaky ground. The following paragraphs are from Morrison Clark's book, The Bible Has the Answer. The reason why many geologists believe the earth to be of great age is because of their commitment to the principle of uniformitarianism, the philosophy that the present is the key to the past. According to this idea, which has been dominant in geological thinking for 150 years, present processes operating especially at present rates are believed to explain all the geological phenomena now seen in the Earth's crust. If the present rates of sedimentation, erosion, evaporation of salt lakes and growth of coral reefs have been those which produce the great formations with which they have been identified in the Earth's crust, then an immense amount of time must have been required. However, the uniformitarian principle is being seriously questioned today. There seem to be no processes taking place in the present that are competent to explain the corresponding formations of the past. For example, the evaporation processes, which are producing salt deposits today, are leaving salt beds which are both qualitatively different and quantitatively trivial, trivial excuse me, in comparison to the great thicknesses of pure salt and gypsum found in the geological strata. The same is true of coral and limestone formations. Great continent-wide formations of sandstone and shale are quite incommensurate with any beds of sand and silt being deposited by modern rivers. Modern vol volcanoes are in no way competent to produce the great thicknesses, and region-wide areas of volcanic rocks found in the Earth's crust. Modern rivers could never produce the deep canyons or the thick beds of alluvion through which they flow. Modern glaciers could never produce the continental glacial deposits of the past. The present is not the key to the past. Catastrophism, not uniformitarianism, is the only sufficient explanation for the geological column, end of quote. Two major events took place in the past that the present cannot account for. As a result of unbelief, these historic events are rejected entirely. Neither of these events could be called uniform by anyone. Number one, creation. 
If you travel back in time to just six days after creation began and just six minutes after the creation of Adam, you might assume the earth to be of great age and Adam to have had history. You'd be wrong on both accounts. Uniformitarianism rejects the reality of creation, yet its proof is established. Number two, the worldwide flood in Noah's day. Nothing in the present can compare to the horrendously catastrophic results of a worldwide flood when the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Rain poured out on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Genesis 7, 11, and 12. Uniformitarianism rejects these re- this reality. Uniformitarianism is built on a foundation of unbelief. But be assured, the record says yes to both supernatural accounts listed above. In addition to the doctrine of uniformitarianism, much of the theorist old-age dating is based on dating techniques such as potassium-argon and carbon-14. Most are shocked when they discover the unreliability of their age assessments. The following dates are from the answers in Genesis, Bodhi Hodge. Volcanic eruption, Mount Etna Basalt, Sicily, Italy. When the rock formed? 122 B.C. Date of potassium argon? 170,000 to 333 years old. Mount Etna Basalt, Sicily, 1972. Date of potassium argon? 210,000 to 490,000 years old. Mount St. Helens, Washington State, United States, year 1986. Potassium argon, up to 2.8 million years old. Hualulai, basalt in Hawaii. Uh, Date of the uh, rock formation was 1800 to 1801. Potassium argon says it's 1.32 to 1.76 million years old. Mount Nauhu in New Zealand, Date of the uh, rock formation, 1954. Potassium argon says up to 3.5 million years old. Kila Aike basalt uh, in Hawaii, the date of the formation of the rock was 1959. Potassium argon says 1.7 to 15.3 million years old. One scientist mused that if we can't believe their dating on the rocks whose ages we do know, How are we to believe they're dating on the rocks whose ages we do not know? The high blasphemy of evolution is not built upon facts at all. By their own admission, it is built on nothing. Evolution is the religion of unbelief, of antichrist, of anti-faith. It is the spirit of strong delusion. It is the deceivableness of unrighteousness. The absurdity of it, all the unimaginable odds against its lame theories, are entirely insurmountable. But somehow, they soldier on. The world is gripped by the deadly end-day spirit of strong delusion. But to those who have an ear to hear, the earth has literally opened its mouth. End of quote. The fountain of living water found in God's word. This living water swallows the dragon's water one gulp after Holy Ghost gulp. Again, Revelation twelve sixteen, And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. The earth has opened its mouth in the field of geology in a spectacular way. A few examples follow that will demonstrate the literal reality of Revelation 12:16 that I just quoted. The critics challenge 
feeling confident in their unbelief, but that confidence is truly misplaced. A common challenge has been, if there was a global flood in the days of Noah, where is all the water? Three points. Number one, if the earth were smooth as a ball, the water would rest two miles high above it. Number two, the following excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Global Flood Dare to Compare. In an article written by James Treflin, the Smithsonian, under the heading Evidence for a Flood, Treflin reports on the research of Columbia University geologist Ryan and Pittman. He reports on the research that claims that antediluvian ocean levels were about 400 feet lower than they are today, and that the east coast of the United States was 75 to 150 miles farther out than it is today, and places like Manhattan and Baltimore would have been inland cities. Of course, this was the result of God changing the world's geologic structure when he opened the windows of heaven and poured the water down for 40 days and 40 nights. Number three, the earth has opened its mouth. Geologists discovered a mineral they call ringwoodite, and it loves water. Very porous rock made up of ringwoodite have been discovered deep in the earth, and they hold water like a sponge. Geologists estimate that the porous rock could hold three to five times the amount of water in all the world's oceans combined. So much then for where is all the water. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Zircons and Deceivableness of Unrighteousness. Scientists have long been flummoxed by their discovery of a mass extinction of nearly all life on Earth, and even more flummoxed by the apparent reality that life on Earth began instantly. In the quotes of various publications that follow, pay attention to the words zircon and the discussion of volcanic lava. Science News, September 19, 2015, headline reads, Volcanism Convicted and Permian Die-Off. Excerpts follow. At the close of the Permian period, some 252 million years ago, more than 90% of all marine species and roughly 75% of all land species vanished. New high-precision analysis of ancient lavas places this extinction just after the start of massive volcanic eruptions in what is now Siberia, researchers report online August 28th in Science Advances. The following clinches. What paleontologists have long suspected, volcanic gases prompted environmental changes that made the planet uninhabitable for most life. The ash holds zircon crystals, which naturally form with small amounts of uranium that gradually decays in the lead. Comparing the relative number of uranium and lead atoms in the zircons provided precise dates for the Permian extinction the researchers reported last year in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The less explosive Siberian traps eruptions contain few zircons, but after scouring the remnants of the lava flows, the pair found and precisely dated 192 crystals and then compared them with the extinction timeline. The dates pegged the volcanism to around 300,000 years before the extinction and suggest that the eruptions continued for at least 500,000 years afterward. The volcanism probably released large amounts of carbon dioxide and other volatiles, causing extreme climate change and ocean acidification. 
we can now say that this largest preserved magmatic event in Earth's history preceded the onset of mass extinction, extinction, excuse me, Burgess says, end of quote. In the magazine The Week, November 6, 2015, under the heading Life on Early Earth, you find the following paragraph. But by studying tiny, tiny crystals that form in magma called zircons, geochemists at the University of California at Los Angeles found microscopic flecks of pure carbon with a signature indicating it had been left behind by living organisms 4.1 billion years ago. Life on Earth may have started almost instantly, says study co-author Mark Harrison. With the right ingredients, life seems to form very quickly, end of quote. In the features just quoted, carnal science speaks of mass extinctions some 252 million years ago and uses zircons that form in volcanic magma to claim dates to 4.1 billion years ago. The difference between the camp of the unrighteous, the unbelief, and the righteous, the believers, couldn't be more obvious than when you compare what you have just read with what follows from highly credited Christian scientists. From the God Said, Man Said feature in the beginning, part one. A research initiative called RATE, which stands for Radioisotopes in the Age of the Earth, was launched in 1997 jointly by the Institute for Creation Research, the Creation Research Society, and Answers in Genesis. Rate's team of highly accredited scientists has published another major blow to the camp of the evolutionists. These following excerpts are from an article published in the December 2003 issue of Impact, which carries vital articles on science and creation. The title of the article is, New Rate Data Support a Young World. The first excerpt reads, New experiments done this year for the rate project strongly support a young earth. This article updates results announced in an ICR impact article last year and documented at a technical conference last summer. Our experiments measured how rapidly nuclear decay generated helium escapes from tiny radioactive crystals in granite-like rock. The new data extend into a critical range of temperatures and they resoundingly confirm a numerical prediction we published several years before the experiments. The helium loss rate is so high that almost all of it would have escaped during the alleged 1.5 billion year uniformitarian age of the rock, and there would be very little helium in the crystals today. But the crystals in granite rock presently contain a very large amount of helium, and the new experiments support an age of only 6,000 Years. You hearing this now? Thus, this, the, uh, these data are powerful evidence against the long age of uniformitarianism and for a recent creation consistent with Scripture. After laborious research measuring helium loss in radioactive crystals called zircons, which are common in granite rock, and after reviewing all existing data on the helium subject, the rate team made this final conclusion. The zircons are young. The new data allow us to calculate more exactly how long the diffusion has been taking place. The result is 6,000 plus or minus 2,000 years, about 250,000 times smaller than the alleged 1.5 billion year uranium lead age, end of quote. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Noah Today. 
The information that follows concerns the Grand Canyon and is from the October-December 2008 quarterly publication Answers. The article was written by eminent geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling. Within this sandstone, we find grains of the mineral zircon, which is relatively easy to trace to its source because zircon usually contains radioactive uranium. By dating these zircon grains using the uranium-lead radioactive method, it has been postulated that the sand grains in the Navajo sandstone came from the Appalachians of Pennsylvania and New York and from former mountains further north in Canada. If this is true, the sand grains were transported about 1,250 miles right across North America. This discovery poses somewhat of a dilemma for conventional uniformitarianism, slow and gradual geologists, because no known sediment transport system is capable of carrying sand across the entire North America continent during the required millions of years. It must have been water over an area even bigger than the continent. All they can do to postulate that some unknown transcontinental river system must have done the job. The only logical and viable explanation is the global cataclysmic genesis flood. Only the water currents of a global flood lasting a few months could have transported such huge volumes of sediments right across North America continent to deposit the thick strata sequences which blanket the continent, end of quote. The world scientists uh, who approach the facts and unbelief, the deceivableness of unrighteousness, propose in their research and boldly assert 4.1 billion years. Those Christian scientists who approach the facts in faith, righteousness, boldly assert a biblically correct age of 6,000-plus years. This is, of course, an excellent example of the 180 principle. But in whom should I place my faith, one asks. The correct answer is the Word of God. It is the inerrant truth. End of quotes. The earth has opened its mouth and said yes to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Geologists Say Yes to Crucifixion. Unfortunately for the Christ deniers, there is a plethora of historic fact that shouts a resounding yes to the biblical record of this Jesus. New research published in the October 2010 issue of Acts and Facts is another addition to their overwhelming empirical evidence stacked up against the enemies of the cross of Christ. The feature was written by renowned geologist Dr. Stephen Austin under the title of Greatest Earthquakes of the Bible. Several paragraphs follow. Recently, geologists have investigated the 4,000-year chronology of earthquake disturbances within the uppermost 19 feet of laminated sediment of the Dead Sea. Hypersaline waters preserve seasonally laminated sediment because organisms cannot live uh, or burrow into the bed of the lake. As a result, only a nearby earthquake or a very large distant earthquake can homogenize the lake's uppermost sediment layers, producing a mixed layer devoid of laminations. Dr. Austin continues under the heading of Qumran Earthquake of 31 B.C. and the Crucifixion in Jerusalem, April 3, 33 A.D. About 60 years before the ministry of Christ, a small group of Levites copied scriptures onto scrolls at the small village of Qumran 
and the desert northwest of the Dead Sea. In 31 B.C., a large earthquake occurred along the Jericho Fault on the western side of the Dead Sea. Grooved fault surfaces, what geologists called slickensides, and uh, ground uh, rupture within lake sediment can be observed just south of Quamran. Dr. Austin continues, After three hours of darkness at midday on April 333 A.D., the Lord Jesus exclaimed the words, It is finished, as he died on the cross. Immediately, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn. A great earthquake occurred, rocks were broken, and many dead saints were resurrected from their tombs. Matthew 27:51 through 54. The earthquake upon the death of Christ called attention to the great salvation that had been accomplished that day on the cross. An outcrop of laminated Dead Sea sediment can be seen at Wadi Zelam, above the southwestern shore of the modern Dead Sea near the fortress of Masada. In this sediment outcrop is a distinctive one-foot-thick mixed layer of sediment that is tied strongly to the Quamran earthquake's offshore ground ruptures of 31 B.C. Thirteen inches above the 31 B.C. event bed is another distinctive mixed layer less than one inch thick. The sedimentation rate puts this second earthquake about 65 years after the 31 B.C. earthquake. It seems that the crucifixion earthquake of 33 A.D., was magnitude 5.5, leaving direct physical evidence in a thin layer of disturbed sediment from the Dead Sea, end quote. The earth most literally continues to open its mouth and swallows the dragon's water. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. Hallelujah. God said, Revelation 12:15 through 17, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of our seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. God said, John seven thirty eight and 39, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Man said, The first man and first woman were dim-witted, grunting gatherers. They couldn't talk, they couldn't write, they couldn't count. They were just dumb hunter-gatherers. Didn't you see the pictures? Now you have the record. 